0: Last year, by God's grace, I was able to travel to the Philippines for the very first time uh, on a mission trip. And I don't know about you, but I don't get to travel overseas very often. So the emotions that I was feeling as I walked behind that departure sign at Sydney Airport and prepared to board the plane was just one of incredible excitement. Who can relate to that feeling? Yes. Now, some of you who travel lots are like, oh, another eight hours in a plane, I don't want to do that. But thinking about eight hours on a plane, I had the movies all picked out that I wanted to watch. And I had all visions and dreams in my mind of what this new country uh, was going to be like and how it was going to be so amazing. Crossing borders in our world raises many different emotions. For a tourist travelling overseas, it can be one of excitement. That's a photo that I took in manila airport as i arrived and you can see yes i'm a little excited but i might be a little anxious uh as well because there are different emotions that come and if you are a family that needs to flee your country because of war or persecution then you might be filled with different emotions but you don't need to travel overseas do you to cross borders even within our own community there are borders They may not appear on any map, but they are real nonetheless. Borders formed by culture, tradition, language, age, education, work. And these borders can be deeply emotional to cross as well. Now, I may be wrong, but I wonder whether people like in theory the idea of what we are doing today 4 congregations people from all sorts of backgrounds languages culturals traditions education all coming together to give thanks to god i think people in our community like this idea in theory but sometimes in practice it's very difficult for people to give up their own personal preference to engage with other people and be enriched by other people But Jesus made it clear in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that for Christians in particular, we are those that cross borders, whether on a map or whether in our own mind. You will be my witnesses, says Jesus, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The early church wasn't just a Jerusalem church, but it was meant to be a church that goes out to bless the entire earth. Now, in the world of ancient Judaism, that commission from Jesus would have been very difficult for those early Christians to do, just as it's very difficult for us to do. And we know it was difficult for them to do because in Acts, it takes them eight chapters, eight chapters to leave Jerusalem and begin that mission to the ends of the earth. And they left not because of a strategic plan, by the apostles they left because of persecution external forces have a look at verse 1 of acts chapter 8 on that day a severe persecution broke out against the church in jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of judea and samaria devout men buried stephen and mourned deeply over him saul however was ravaging the church He would enter house after house, drag off men and women and put them in prison. Now, even in the first eight chapters of Acts, we've seen that even though the early church was growing so quickly, it wasn't growing smoothly. There already has been persecution, haven't we seen that, when the apostles have been put in prison? That persecution reached a high point in chapter 7, which we haven't read, with the, the martyrdom of Stephen, stoned to death for making a stand for christ and now that persecution has reached the entire church community it has shaken them up but it has forced them to leave and as they go verse 4 notice what they do so those who were scattered went on their way preaching the message of good news So often in life, I think, God shakes us up sometimes to get us moving. I know that's been true in my life and maybe it's been true in your life as well. So often when we're going through pain, our first reaction is we want God to do a removing job. But so often God wants to do a renewing job in us and through us. Verse 4, we read of a man we've already met in acts the man philip and he's one of those proclaiming the good news of christ verse 5 philip went down to a city in samaria and proclaimed the messiah to them the crowds paid attention with one mind to what philip said as they heard and saw the signs he was performing for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed So there was great joy in that city. Philip was scattered, but Philip continued to preach and God continued to bring many people to life through him. And it came out of a time of hardship for that early church. Now, what I want us to look at particularly this morning is a few verses forward at the end of Acts chapter 8, where we zoom on a special encounter that Philip had with one man it's in acts chapter 8 verse 26 to verse 40 johanna already read the story for us it's the famous story of philip and his encounter with the ethiopian eunuch we won't retell the story again but let me encourage you to read it again when you go home it's such a delightful story but there are two things that i want you to see that you may not have seen at first reading but these are two very important points that come out of Acts chapter 8 that are a great encouragement for you and for me as we seek to fulfill this Acts eight mission today. The first point is this, that when we think about mission, when we think about growing God's kingdom, don't forget this point, that God is the sovereign saviour. As you heard that story read of Philip and the Ethiopian, I hope you may not have seen it at first reading, but God is there and God is working behind the scenes to bring about this man's salvation. Let me just read a couple of verses again and emphasize some points and hopefully you can see these little coincidences that just happen that God has been preparing this man verse 26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, that is the desert road. That's a fairly specific instruction that God gives Philip. Go south from Jerusalem, when you get to the third palm tree, turn left, go down the desert road. Now, Philip at this point has been up in the north in Samaria and had an incredibly fruitful ministry, seeing hundreds if not thousands of lives renewed by Christ. And God says, leave that ministry and go down into the wilderness, into the desert south of Jerusalem. Verse 27, so Philip got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem, was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet aloud. The spirit told Philip. So this is the second time that God has spoken to Philip. Go and join that chariot. Now, I don't know how many chariots were on the desert road, leaving Jerusalem that day. But God says to Philip go to that chariot go down that road and when you get to that chariot you're going to see something special now we don't know explicitly why this Ethiopian eunuch is sitting in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah we do know that he has been in Jerusalem and he's on his way home so it's likely that he bought a copy Of Isaiah while he's there and thankfully he's the the treasurer of Ethiopia so he has some coin there and so he buys Isaiah the prophet and he's reading it and reflecting on it God is at work in this man he has brought him to Jerusalem he's enabled him to have a copy of God's word he's on his way home and God has brought a specific man in Philip to him to speak god's word to him and notice again philip's reaction to god's instruction philip gets up and philip runs up to the chariot now no doubt when god speaks to you in this particular way you're like okay that's different god doesn't normally audibly speak to me like that so if he did i would probably pay attention But remember what God is asking Philip to do and how difficult that would have been. Leave your fruitful ministry and go down, not knowing what God has in store for him there. God didn't tell him that there was a specific man there that needed to hear the good news. He just said, go. And Philip did. Philip trusted that God is the sovereign saviour. And even if he had to leave his fruitful ministry, God would look after it. And even if I have to go to a place that I have no idea what God's going to do, I can trust that God knows what is best. And the story finishes, we know the man is baptised and he goes home rejoicing. And church tradition has it, and this is an incredible story where you can see God at work. That there by the 4th century AD, there was a flourishing Christian community in northern Africa, in Ethiopia, Quite separate from the early church growing in Palestine and around the Mediterranean. God brought this one man to Jerusalem for one disciple to speak to him. And through that encounter, so many people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. God was at work. And I think God is still at work in that way, isn't he? I remember reading of a story of a minister who visited a prison and he led a prisoner to the lord and he was feeling quite proud thank you god that you used me to bring this uh, prisoner to the lord Uh, and the prisoner put him back in his place and said "No, god did the work you're the 24th minister to come in here (laughs) and tell me about jesus you just happen to be the last one that god used to turn my life around Do you believe that God is at work, that God is sovereign, that God can bring people to life? I firmly believe that God is still at work in our community preparing people like this Ethiopian eunuch and maybe even preparing your heart to meet them, to share the good news of Christ with. Do you believe it? the second and final thing i want you to see from acts chapter 8 this story this morning is that god embraces the excluded in the story we're told of some specific information about this ethiopian man we're told that he is a eunuch now in his home country that meant that his life was devoted to serving the queen and he had a fairly high paying job no doubt but it also meant that he was unable to bear children he was barren in that sense and that may not have been a big issue for him in ethiopia in his high paying job but in jerusalem being a foreigner and being a eunuch was hard for him we don't know why he is in jerusalem to worship god we know that in the ancient past there was an encounter between the queen of Ethiopia and King Solomon. Maybe he's heard some of the stories of Solomon and Israel and the God of Israel. Maybe he's searching to find out more about this God and that's why he's gone to Jerusalem. But when he gets there, the law of the temple would not allow him to go in. Deuteronomy 23.1 says that those who are eunuchs are banned from entering in. To the temple complex can you just imagine that someone searching for god and the one place they know that they have the opportunity to hear about him they cannot go in could you imagine our church people in our community wanting to come in to find out about god and because of their tradition the color of their skin the language that they speak that they are excluded and not welcome it would be unthinkable Except sadly in our history it's been thinkable. This man was excluded by the religious people of his day but he was not excluded by God nor by Philip. Do you know that Philip is happy to sit with this foreigner? To sit with him in his chariot, maybe even all the way to Ethiopia just so that he can talk to him about christ jesus the son of god that isaiah prophesied about who would be humiliated who would die on a cross to save people from their sins philip got that chance philip put aside any jewish prejudice that he might have against a foreigner against a eunuch and said no god has brought me here because god cares about this man and i need to care about this man too and i reckon philip would have continued to read isaiah the man was looking at isaiah 53 but i reckon philip may have gone over a couple of chapters more into isaiah 56 and i reckon philip would have shown the man this a prophecy about the future that no foreigner who has joined himself to the lord should say the lord will exclude me from his people and the eunuch should not say look i am a dried up tree that is a a prophecy of hope to foreigners and to eunuchs and this man is both and i'm sure philip would have shown him that verse and said you may be excluded by others but you are not excluded by god the good news of jesus is for you do we make time like god like philip welcome those who are excluded to those our society rejects to the unlovable do we at one of my former churches uh, before i went into more college to study uh, for ministry and i started preaching and uh, there was a gentleman that would come to church and he would sit always in one of the first or the second rows of church And he would always fall asleep during the sermon. If you're asleep now, wake up. He would always fall asleep in the sermon. And I remember chatting to the senior minister at the time, and I said, okay, when I start preaching, I'm going to try really hard to be engaging so that that guy does not fall asleep. And I tried hard, and he kept falling asleep. And I was feeling frustrated by it. And I talked to the minister afterwards. Why is he falling asleep? It's disrespectful. This is God's Word. And he'd say, don't give him a hard time. Don't give him a hard time. He is out to all hours of the morning on Sunday morning, Saturday night into the early hours of Sunday morning at the pub. I'm like, that's not an excuse. (laughs) You should go to bed early to come to church. He's like, no, no. He's a member of the God Squad, a Christian motorcycle group that goes out on Saturday nights into the pubs that you and I may never go to. To talk to guys that belong to the rebels. To the Comancheros. To those that our society would rather not exist. To teach them about Jesus. And a different life they could live. But he loves God so much that he doesn't want to miss out on church either. So he comes. Every Sunday morning with his family. But sometimes physically his body just cannot do it and he falls asleep, don't give him a hard time. He's led more people to Christ than most people will ever do. Learn from him. Don't exclude him. Let that be an encouragement to you. Be prepared to cross those borders. Be prepared to have your eyes open to see who God might bring across your path next year. Especially those... Who may be broken and in need of your friendship over lunch today at the end of our service why don't you make a special effort to talk to people from a different congregation that you go to and hear how god has been at work in them different they might be to you older younger but god is at work learn from them being a church on mission crossing borders can be emotional exciting but it can also be afraid we can also be afraid but the encouragement today is that because god is sovereign we can step out we can be recharged we can step out rather than stay in we can step out with courage rather than wanting to stay in our comfort it would have been so easy for philip just to stay with what was comfortable for him but he didn't And God used him mightily. Let me encourage you today, this Thanksgiving Sunday, the end of our Recharge series. Step out. Pray for boldness and courage. God is preparing people in our community. I believe that and I know that you do as well. And we get to find them. It's like the greatest of all lolly hunts. We get to give people the sweetness of eternal life god is at work in people that you may not even know but also in people that you do know could be your next door neighbor could be your own children could be your own parents could be the person in the cubicle next to you at work god could be at work in them opening their hearts giving them something to read it may not be isaiah it may be something else be a philip go up to them ask them good questions what are you reading what are you thinking about what's going on for you in your life at the moment show an interest care for them because god certainly does god certainly does let's pray our heavenly father We don't know specifically who you are preparing to be saved today, tomorrow, or next year. But we do know that you are at work, that you are constantly preparing people to hear the good news of Jesus and be saved. So Father, as we have given thanks today for your goodness to us in so many ways, we pray that you might continue to open our hearts and our eyes to see the people that you are working in, that we might have the joy of seeing their life transformed and renewed by your son father we thank you for the witness of the early church and although it took them persecution to be shaken up to get moving and father i don't necessarily want you to shake us up in that same way but some of us do need to be shaken up a little bit so that we might get moving and we might make an impact for your kingdom so shake us we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I've constantly said today that God is at work and God is real. And I'm going to invite Michael uh, to come down the front. Make my